From Pain to Purpose is a show that will bring inspiration, love, and healing to your lives. It's a show that will teach you that your trials and tribulations in life is only temporary and that it's only preparing you for your greatest calling. A show that will give you the courage to share your story with the world and not care what others may think or say. For your story is the key that will unlock someone else's prison. What was meant to kill you, God used it to prosper, restore, and strengthen you. To always remember that without pain, your purpose cannot be fulfilled into the power that God has ordained you to walk in. From Pain to Purpose by Aisha Monique. Stay tuned. Speak your truth. Today on the show, we have Miss Brooke, hey, aka hey, Blue. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Thanks for having me. No problem. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am originally from Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. Um, I moved here, I say like, what year is it? About eight years ago. Eight years ago. So I've been in Savannah for a minute to adjust to the shit, (laughs) (laughs) the the horribleness of it. I'm just, I be chilling. I say to myself, I don't bother nobody until somebody bother me. And then I just be like, look, you tip my scale, you're going to get hell. So. Oh, wow. I never heard that before. I like yeah, that. I'm a Libra. And I, I, like, I have to be really balanced. Okay. I don't know how to function when I'm unbalanced. So I, I have to be leveled out. Okay. I got to be peaceful. Makes sense. What made you move here from Detroit? We always wanted, me and my mom moved down here we always wanted to move to the south but we never knew where in the south we wanted to go to and she was dating my I call them my stepdad they never were actually married but they were dating she came down here to visit him one year and she fell in love with savannah mom I'm older so that fast city life it don't do nothing for her no more you know savannah's okay. where you go when you want to retire and yeah relax. that's true came down she fell in love with it and Got next sense. summer we was moving okay. to savannah all right. How the hell we ended up in Savannah, Georgia, of all places? Well, you're not about to be distant. I said, I mean, I just was used to the fast city life for a while, so I've adjusted now. So, what made me invite you on the show? I came, I was scrolling on Facebook and I came across a post that said, The relationship after the abuser. And that had really caught my attention. So I went to begin reading it and it really touched me. And I said, that would be a great story for, you know, Brooke to share on Pain to Purpose podcast. So could you, for those who haven't read the post, could you tell us about the relationship after the abuser. All right. The relationship after the abuser was with my my oldest son's dad. Um, we, I met him, I met him months after he had his daughter. Because he has an older kid older than my son. And him and the mom were, legally they were still married. But they were, of course, they had separated. And looking back now, I'm like, red flag. <laughs> Like she, the baby was fresh. She was like two and a half months old. So I should have known some ain't always, it's not going to click with that story. So we dated for 
a year and a half before we got into the poly relationship. And I told him, I was like, I don't think she going to go for somebody else being around her. Like, I'm, I'm pushing, you pushing it having your daughter with me. So adding another woman to it that she don't know, that's not going to work out with you. And he had mentioned, I remember one night we were out drinking. And so when we got home, he was like, no, wouldn't you? He mentioned that he would like to have a try a poly relationship. I'm bisexual. So I was like, okay, I'm, I like women. I don't always want to be around you all the time. And it's okay to have that balance because it's it's not as bad as people make it out to be. And I asked him, I was like, are you you cool with me having another man? Because I might not always want a girlfriend. I might want another guy. And for a while, I didn't like it. I, it. It was weird. It was weird because I got, I wasn't used to seeing him with somebody else. I remember like the very first time I saw him next to somebody else, I lost my shit. Internally. <laughs> yeah. So internally, I walked in my door. And they were laying on the couch together. Just watching TV. It was nothing going on crazy. But I had never... Outside of his daughter, I had never seen him up under somebody like that. Of course, I know he got exes. Obviously, he's got a kid. So he's been with her mom intimately. But I had never seen it. So I walked in the door and it was like instant rage. Instant rage. I immediately... I went straight to my bathroom because I was like, okay, I'm a little bit of a hothead. You got to calm down. And I'm in the bathroom having a full-blown panic attack because in my mind, I went across the living room and I beat the shit out of that girl. And I was like, I can't do this because this is what I signed up for. Yeah. And usually, like, the first time you see it happen, it is an adjustment. It's because it's different. You're not used yeah, to it. Yeah, that's, that's the whole Because most, most of the time, they keep it separate. She stay over there. I'm here. But it was like, we're going to do this all in one. It, that first experience was where I felt so bad. I ended up apologizing to the girl, and I was like, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to react like that. Because she, my reaction made her uncomfortable. And it was like, are you sure she want to do this? So she questioned him about it, and I was like, I'm sorry. I felt bad. So time went, and I told him, I was like, you're better off trying it with your daughter's mom. We, I was already, I was pregnant with my son, Poet, and I was like, well, it makes more sense to keep your children together. Because if the poly relationship, it's about building that foundation and having that solid stability. So I was like, it makes sense to keep your kids together. Because obviously she wasn't that bad of a person because you married her. So she couldn't have been that horrible. But. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I was pregnant at the time. So. So, yeah, you was going through different emotions. Yeah, and... I was going through the motions for real. So we, she, he talked to her about it. She was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. Because I, I knew she still loved him. And I knew he still loved her. But he, I knew he loved me too. So it was, it was kind of weird. Whew. When I say <laughs> it was the whole... Looking back, I was like, this is crazy shit to do. Yeah, because I'm it, is, it made sense to keep the kids together. Because I grew up without my brother. Okay. So me, her being, you know, him having a daughter, me having a son... I knew what it felt like to not have my brother around as much as I wanted him to be. So it made sense to me. So you was doing it more for the kids or you were just... I wanted... I'm one of those people where I can't say I'm not for something if I've never tried it before. I can't be like, oh, I don't like that if I've never... How you do? How you know? You've never done it before. So I was like, I'll tr give it a shot. 
there's no what harm can be done in trying it out but it's not as easy as people want it to be or people make it out to be the whole having having two partners they're like oh it's it's simple because you can go here you can do whatever you want no but you all have to figure out how to make things work as a unit as three people because a two-person relationship is hard enough and added on a whole another person you can't you have to consider everybody's feelings not just okay well me and him is it's our relationship but she came into it so if i don't like something she got to go that's not how it works so did y'all have that talk Mm -hmm. okay we had the talk and there was a lot of side conversations that i wasn't aware of which i kind of figured was going on because nothing ever made sense what she would be upset about was different than what he would be telling me and i'm like something ain't adding up Somebody here lying, and you the only common denominator we got, sir. So you obviously are not telling the truth about what's really going on. We I ended up moving to New Jersey with them. Yeah, I spent the summer in New Jersey with his family. We got, me and him, we had an apartment. We got put out of our apartment. And he left, he was like, the best thing I could do is my family's up there, they're willing to help. I can just take my family up there and we can figure it out up there. We can try it. So, you know, new atmosphere. It might have worked. Woo! Did not work. Wasted my damn time. I could have stayed my ass in Savannah. Love them because we, we're still a family. Our kids are still siblings. I'm, I'm cool and cordial with her. I don't have an issue with him, but it was just an experience that I, I prefer to not do it again. Are they still together? They ended up getting back together once I left. It was a whole misunderstanding that happened. While we were there, that caused me to come back home. I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I will go home. Because me and her ended up getting into it. I got physical with her. I'm not one of those people anymore. I try to put that behind me. So when I got to the point where every time I saw her, I saw me fighting her in my mind. And I was like, okay, so the shit gonna happen. Once you start seeing yourself whipping somebody's ass, you know it's bound to happen. And it was that... I never wanted to get to that point. But why why did you want to fight her? Because of the misunderstandings? It was, was, she, okay, so she got caught talking to a guy down back home in Savannah. And his thing was, if one of y'all choose to leave, I won't be with either one of y'all because that's going to cause an issue when it comes to me seeing my children. No. And, but he would tell me privately because me and him were, we were solid in my mind. It was, okay, well, I just say that in front of her to give her that comfort. So when everything happened, she she didn't want to be in a poly relationship anymore. She was going to go home. It turned to, well, since she doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to be with either one of you. And that made me look like, wait, I'm being treated like I'm the bad guy, like I did something wrong. And the whole time, I've been chilling. I'm home with the kids because I had the youngest baby. So I'm staying home with the kids, y'all going to work, but yet I'm being treated like I was the one who messed up. And I didn't think that was fair. Because if you tell me one thing, I'm expecting that your bond, your word is bond. But it wasn't, so I ended up, there was a lot of words that were said behind my back and I ended up finding out about it. So it pissed me off. And there was one thing in particular was he had told me that she said, I'll drop such and such. I'll drop everything if it's just me, you, and their daughter. At the time, my son was already born. So to me, that was like, fuck your son. 
Yeah. You can basically. say, fuck Brooke. I'm okay with that. Fuck me. I'll remove myself out of the equation, but what you're not going to do is disregard my child. He didn't ask for that, and that was it was not okay. So that, that kind of sent me over the edge because I'm, I'm not going to play about my children. That's one thing. As a mom, nah, that's a line that you don't cross. You don't never say, okay, well, fuck your son too because that's also that's your daughter's sibling. Whether you like it or not, their blood they share a part of the same blood, which is their father. But come to find out, he was the one who said it. Mm. So me not knowing that, it sent me over the edge, and I was I was hot, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go take a real nice, warm, hot shower. I'm gonna go lay my house. I had just put my son to sleep. I opened up the bedroom door, and they were laying too close for comfort for me. And I'm like, if you're not gonna be with either one of us, you need to act accordingly. Separate that shit. It was like my son's bassinet, their daughter was laying in the bed, excuse me, a little bit of space, her mom, him, whole lot of damn space. And that shit sent me over the edge. So they were having family time. It was family time, but yet I'm being treated like I'm the, like I'm the wrong. Like I did something, like I got caught talking to another person when reality of it, I was good. And the minute I put my son down, like the minute his head hit the bassinet, I jumped over their daughter and I just started wailing on her. And what made me stop, he caught me mid-swing and I heard their daughter call his, call her dad, daddy, what? Like she was in a panic. She didn't know what was going on. I love that little girl. I have been in that little girl's life. She was six months old. She's about to be four this summer. So I never wanted to show that physical angry side of me and I never wanted to do it in front of her. So... That kind of made me step back and was like, okay, you've gotten to the point where you want to be physical. It is time to remove yourself from this equation. Regardless of how much you love him, whatever the lies and bullshit you're being told, you are now being physical with somebody, and you know that's not you. That I got taken out of my character. Mm-hmm. I'm very sweet. I'm very reserved. I got a mouth on me because I'm from the city. I fight, but that's something that I used to do. I've grown a lot from that, so... Me getting to that point was like, nah, it's time to remove, remove yourself. It's because there's children involved. I don't want to see, I don't want my kids. To be around that toxic Yeah, that's toxic. That's, that's negativity. I don't want them to think it's okay to just jump on somebody. And I go out in the hall, I walk down the hallway, and his brother's like, what just happened? I said, I just hit her. Fuck it. Like, I didn't, I was ready to fight at that point because I was that hot. So I went outside and I'm standing in the middle of the street. I'm a city kid. We fight in the middle of the street, barefoot. I'm standing outside and they walk out and get in the car to go to the store to get a Rello. Oh, wow. So, so you take the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, the fuck? So when they leave, I go in the house. I get my some of my son's stuff out the room because we were all in one room. I get my son's stuff. And I grabbed some of my stuff and I moved my stuff to the other room because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep peacefully in the same room with her without wanting to fight her again. Because it was like, I had an appetizer. Now I want the whole thing. I want the whole, I want that whole meal, dessert included. And I know I'm not about to do this. I'm not about to tear, we were staying with his aunt. I'm not about to tear up his auntie's house. I respect her. So days went by, nobody was saying anything to me. So you felt okay with removing yourself out of the room and letting them play in the bed together? I already saw what was happening. He wasn't getting ready to leave her. He was leaving me, but he didn't have enough balls to tell me that. I would have rather him be like, you know what? 
I kind of knew going into this that I, I still had feelings for her and I knew that us bringing, you know, coming back together would cause me, you know, some feelings to come back and resurface. I want to try to work it out because I do love her. I love you too, but she's who I want to be with. I would have much rather you handled it like that, but he didn't. He chose to fake cry in front of me when she was like, when she was gone, it was, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm going to do. The so whole he time, was playing both sides. Yeah, he was, he was playing both sides, but the whole time you had already made your mind up that that's who you wanted to be with because y'all had discussed it. You didn't know that I knew that y'all had already, I'm not retarded. I can, I can, I see more than I say. And I was like, you know what? I don't, cause there is no way that I would have slept peacefully without trying to tear that girl apart every damn day. It got to the point where if we were in the, at two end, opposite ends of the hallway, she would wait till I left to come down the hallway because it, she knew I was that angry. But it wasn't a shocker when I did it because they had both said, she's gonna try to fight me. I was upset because your actions caused me to lose my partner. And that's ultimately what it was. You, your actions, because you didn't want to do it anymore without, instead of you saying it and talking to us about it, which is the whole transparency, open communication with the poly relationship, you chose to do it sneakily and you got caught. But I got the backlash like I was the one who did it. And that wasn't okay with me. So, how, okay, so after all of that happened, how did, what else did traumatic experience did you go through and that kind of affected you it, from that situation? Once I came back home, it was a, it was a challenge. They stayed, they stayed in Jersey for maybe a couple of days. They ended up coming home right after I did because his aunt was like, if Brooklyn, she got to go. She did it, so there's, I don't see why she's staying. But instead of him saying me and her are going to try to work it out, he chose to keep his mouth closed, which caused his aunt to be like, okay, we well, all got to go. Everybody got to go. And coming home, my son was eight months old. So it was... I'm here, my heart is broken, I just had a baby, and I'm trying to be strong in front of my son, even though he's a baby baby. He doesn't know what's going on, but I still wanted to have that strength for him so I, wasn't, so I wouldn't crumble. I held that shit in for months, and out of nowhere, I just exploded. I let everything out. Like, it got to the point where my mom was like, she called my best friend and was like, you need to talk to her. So she, did you go on, like to depression? Like what? I just I got real sad because I couldn't. The strong can only be strong for so long. Sometimes you gotta crumble. Sometimes you gotta crawl to get that strength back. And I was trying to be. I was trying to act like everything was fine. I was okay the whole time. I was hurt because I was lied to. And it, everything could have been avoided had you just been honest with me. And I told him that. So even still, when we came back home, he would tell me, "Oh, me and her broke up." We not together. She giving me a hard time with seeing the kids. Da 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 da. da. But oh, excuse me. Lo and behold, they never broke up. So it was like he wanted me and her to always be at war with each other. But me and her ended up saying, "Hey, we need to talk." Without him, because he the common denominator. We have two young children, and she lived fifteen minutes down the street from me. There wasn't a need that our beef kept our kids from seeing each other. They babies. They they wanted they love each other. She was in love with her brother while I was pregnant with him. The minute he came out, it was like, oh, my brother's here. 
they were they're like thick and thieves. They're thicker than thieves. Like that's her boy. And I was like, it doesn't make sense for us to have our issues because of their dad to not allow the kids to see each other. Because this whole thing is bigger than us. We have children. It is bigger than us. Them kids matter more than what we got going on. And me and her, we, you know, uh, over time, we had to talk. We had to, as the moms, we had to figure it out because we realized he was going to always try to keep us at war with each other. If you keep the mothers at war, they never come together and realize how much you lying and how much of a game you playing. So we we hashed out. We talked about I ended up apologizing to her for hitting her and everything. And to this, this was last summer I came back to this day me and her we got a different relationship now and what type of relationship is it's, that I mean and does she still they they ended up having another baby so and when she when they first got back together she didn't want to tell me because me and her we had just mended our relationship we got cool it was cordial she she didn't want to tell me because she didn't know how I would react but I'm like I'm over it. I'm past that situation. I've moved on from it. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to, you know, just dread on the past. I have to move forward with my life. He chose to be with you, and I have to accept it. I have to be okay with the fact that somebody does not want me. And a lot of times, we struggle with being okay that somebody does not want you. He don't want me. That's fine. And how did you get to that point? Was that, that was after the breakdown? Yeah, it was after the breakdown. I I had to... I was left with myself. Of course, I got my son there, but he he a couple months old. I can't talk to him. I had to dig deep within myself to start that healing process to realize it's okay to be alone. It's okay to, for the parent, parenting relationship that you thought would work out, it's okay for that to crumble. But somehow you gotta move forward because I have a son. I can't let my son think that it's okay for his mom to be weak. Not saying you can't show weakness, but I needed him to, as a child, to grow up to know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel weak. It's okay for shit not to go your way. But you have to keep moving. Always forward, never backwards. So I had to, I, I did a lot of soul searching. A whole lot of soul searching for that. And for those who's going through the soul searching process, how, where can they begin? Could you give them the steps on where to begin? Because that was something that I did. You have to accept how things are turning out. Have turned out. You can't just be in denial all the time. Because the longer you in denial, the longer your healing process is gonna take. Accepting and holding you. I had to hold myself accountable for the things that I let happen. Because a lot of times we put the blame on the other person, not realizing you, you allowed certain things to go down. You allowed certain things to happen. I had to take accountability for my part because I couldn't be like, oh, our relationship crumbled because of him. I did my part too. So, so you let him manipulate you yeah, to... Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I, I seen it for, for months. It was one time before we even left to move to Jersey. They were sitting in the car. I was pregnant. And they were sitting in the car smoking and... I'm standing at the front door, and I was like, they're going to stay together. It's not going to be any more of me and him. I saw it. This is before we even left, but I had to, if it's a lesson, I got to keep going. I have to learn that lesson. And did you feel low about yourself? Like, did you feel like... There was a, that, Like, did you beat yourself up about it? Because I, I know something like that, because how I'm looking at it, I mean, everybody look at it differently. 
is it could be a sign of maybe low self-esteem i let myself have that moment for like a week where i beat myself up about it and i was like it ain't always about you bro you okay you not never i was i told myself stop thinking you wasn't good enough you were good enough for the moment you did what you had to do you in my mind i put them together to realize how much they still loved each other and how much they wanted it to work out. and i was completely okay with that knowing that i had to be like the middle ground the peace for them to realize okay we do love each other even though the time apart meant nothing we love each other still they ended up having a, a whole nother kid and i was like she here because of me if you really want to think about it y'all would have never came back together had i not put everybody together myself so i i'm all right with being it took a minute but i, I i've become okay with being a, being the piece the piece of the puzzle that held everything together and that's that's different. <laughs> that's that's. I had to different. look. I had to look at it in a different perspective. Mm. I couldn't look at it like, oh fuck them, fuck them kids because they they got back together. It's not about me no more. You had to have a strong mind. Yeah, to, I had to, to have just a strong put mind yourself in something like to that. realize that it didn't work out. They love each other enough to you know to want to try to work it out. I was okay with that. So, so I had found I had. I had found that peace within myself to let it go. I still have to deal with this man for the rest of my life. Forget the, oh, when my son turns 18, he will still be my son until the day that he dies and even after that, to the day that I die and even after that. So that's his father. I have to be okay with him moving on with somebody else, whether it's his daughter's mom, somebody else, Tasha from down the street, it didn't matter. I have to be okay with knowing that he's not gonna be with me, but I still have to, co-parent with this man and get along with him and talk to him because we do have a child together and that's where you begin your journey to uh, self-love okay gotcha mm-hmm. now what advice could you give to the woman out there who's struggling and who's in a situation like that who's letting you know a guy manipulate them and who's going through a heartbreak you know what like how can you if you was to teach a class, how can you give them the steps? Go through the process. Because you trying to prevent the lesson from happening, you'll never get that lesson. That relationship taught me how to be strong. Like, I was, because before him, I was with somebody who was abusive for three years. So, him coming around, it was like, oh, he loves me, it's different. I had to learn how to be strong for myself. Not for anybody else, not for my son. I had to do it for myself. But I had to continue and go forward with it to learn that lesson. Had I stopped, I would have never knew how strong the strength that I had because I, I stopped it from happening. It's, you, you'll heal from it. You'll move forward from it. Your heart won't be broken forever. You know how I many times I thought, because my heart got broken, and I was like, I ain't never going to love again. Nobody ever going to love me. And that's not how it works out. You, it's a process. And you have to go through the process according to you, not what anybody else tells you. Oh, you can only be upset for this long. You can only cry for this long. No, if I got to cry for 60 days, I'm going to cry for 60 days because nobody knows what I got to go through to heal from this but me. Just take the time that you need. But if you see it happening, don't. It's almost like you can't pretend like you don't see it because a lot of times we see shit. 
we just don't say nothing or we be in denial about it. Even men do the same thing. They see something going wrong, but they don't say nothing. Go through it. You, cause at the end of the day, if you know in your heart where you stand with yourself, you gonna come out on, on top. So would you do another poly relationship? Hell no. Oh, that shit you I don't have it in me. I don't want to share. Okay. I don't want to share somebody. Not somebody I if I'm truly invested in you and I love you, I don't want to share that love. I want that love to be for me and me only. Now, of course, you know, you're still attracted to other people, but as far as love is sacred to me. I don't want to share that. I want that to be for me. And it has it has to be with the right person. That wasn't the right person to do it. That wasn't the right sit- people to do that with. So if right now it's a hell no, it's a strong hell no. I, I hear and, it in your voice. <laughs> but if it down the future, I can't say what I wouldn't do in the future because I never thought I would be that person to go into a poly relationship in the first place. But right now it's a solid hell no. Because if you, if I'm not good enough for you, I'm not meant for you. If your love isn't good enough to give me and me only. I'm not the one you should be giving it to. Give it to somebody who is okay with you spreading your wings and going any and everywhere. It's, that's, that is for me. And if you can't do it, I'm not the one you should be with. So do you think there, that there are successful poly relationships? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It has, you have, the right people have to be in it. There can't be any quietness about it or secret conversations everything needs to be transparent and put out on the on the table out in the open like everything you can't hold stuff back but my my relationship things were held back things the truth wasn't always spoken about it was like he wanted us he tried to tell people that you know we were always fighting over him we was always me and her was always getting into it thing is they got into it more than me and her did. Me and her were fine when he was gone. When he would go to work, me and her would be cool. We playing with the kids. We hanging out. We chilling. We never had any issues. Me and him didn't start arguments until we had a third party into the relationship. So do you think people do it more because of the state? Yes. People people speak about poly relationships and polyandry. <laughs> Excuse me. So what's, because, what's the difference? The difference between all of those polyandry and it's not a, it's not just about sex. I can go I can go without sex, but do I love you? Sex and love is two different things. Being happy and being sexual. I, I can be sexual with anybody. That don't mean I'm happy. That don't mean you you st- stimulating my mind. You're not stimulating my heart. You're stimulating somewhere else. And if if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. You got, like, honesty is the best policy when you do it. And it's so sexualized. You look at movies, you look at TV, they sexualize it. A lot of men go into it with just the idea, I get to fuck another woman openly. And that's really what they what it comes down to. I get to fuck another woman openly and my girl be okay with it. I can do the shit in her face. Yeah, they want to have the cake and eat it yeah, too. Yeah, you want your cake and eat it too. But a lot of dudes are frowning upon a woman having another man. Like, I asked him, I was like, are you okay with me having another dude? He was like, you got to be, would you want me to be sexual with him? I was like, that's not what, uh, that, that's not what I said. I 
asked you, are you okay with me having another partner as well? Because you're asking me for a whole other girlfriend. There might come a time where I want another boyfriend. That don't mean that y'all got to be together. That means I'm with you and I'm also with him. My time is divided equally, however that may come. That doesn't mean that I'm sexual with both of y'all at the same time. You don't have to do, y'all ain't even got to talk to each other. Realistically. It's just for you. Oh, yeah, it's for me. Gotcha. So what are you doing now, like, on your journey? I am, I'm, I'm just living. I'm being present. I'm not thinking about anything from the future. Well, in the future, nothing from the past is going to get me. I'm, I'm in the present. I'm in the now. I can't focus and be happy in the present if I'm worried about the future or if I'm worried about shit that's behind me. I'm going to miss everything that's in front of me, worrying about everything else that I've been through or that I might go through. I'm, I'm here. I'm about to have another baby. I'm waiting on him to come and... I just I take everything day by day. Gotcha. It ain't always happiness and sunshine, but I got an umbrella. I'm all right when it rains. The sun come back out. So I see you having a lot of spiritual items. Is that? Can you tell us about that? Uh, Your own. This is the I I got real spiritual after a three year abusive relationship. It took a huge toll on me. I was. I looked in the mirror and didn't recognize myself at all. Like, like what What do you mean you didn't recognize yourself? I didn't know who was looking back at me. Because I had let, allowed somebody to remove me from myself almost. That I didn't know who I was anymore. Like, I was, when I say I was abused for three years, physically, mentally, verbally, like, you name Whatever abuse you could think of, I went through that for three years with somebody that I thought loved me. I loved him a lot more than he loved me, and I didn't know how to leave because it was, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, and then it happens again. I won't say that anymore, then you say it again. It was like, it was a, a narcissistic yeah. person. It was a narcissistic person, and that took, it took a lot out of me. It took a whole lot. For you to not recognize yourself, something's wrong. And it was like my feet were in cement, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move, I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. There was a time where, like, the first time he hit me, he left to go to the store. It was like, are you still going to be here when I come back? Like, everything was... Like, every, like nothing had just happened. Like, he didn't just chase me outside of his shop barefoot. Like, for years, I heard the sound of his feet hit the floor in my mind every day. Like, he ran after me barefoot, choked me down to the ground. I had bruised ribs. I had internal bruising on my ribs. There was one time where I had a black eye. I was hiding black eyes and pain for my family because everybody thought something, everything was okay. I would have never thought that he would do it. Yeah, me either. But he was. And I met a beautiful person. I met Cheyenne. And she helped me get through that. She saw me when I was in that dark area. So I had, I surrounded myself with love, positivity. And I had to, once again, sit and be with myself, realize what was going on with me that I was allowing this to happen to me. Because we hear all the time, you know, if a dude hit me, I'm going to just leave or I'm going to fight him back. But when that shit happens, you don't know what to do. I couldn't. The night he, first night, he choked me. When he ran after me, I, I didn't leave when he left to go to the store. 
I didn't know what to do. If I go home, he's going to come after me. It's, it's a real fear that they're going to come after me, and when they do, they're going to be angrier than what they was when they hit me. It was the only place that I could think of going that he didn't know where I would go was my stepdad's house. If I show up at my stepdad's house at 4 o'clock in the morning crying because he didn't hit me, I don't have control over what my stepdad does. I don't have control over what happens to him. Granted, it was wrong as hell for him to do that to me, but at the time, I never wanted something horrible to happen to him. That's just how I am. It was like, your karma gonna come regardless. I don't have to do nothing to you. I don't want to do something and interfere with your karma. And it was it was hard as hell. It was hard because I hid it from so many people. I got su I was suicidal in that relationship. Like I called my sister while she was at work and said, "Yeah, I'm going to kill myself." And I was dead ass serious. I had planned it out. She made me take a, I took a week leave of absence from my job. She made me go back to Michigan. She didn't know that when I came home, I was still going to go through with it. I just wanted to see my sister for the last time. And while I was there, I saw my nephew. I have a, I have a he's 16 now. And I couldn't leave my sister with telling my nephew what happened. So I couldn't do it. I came back home and I was like, all right. You can't leave that kid. He loves you. You can't leave her with telling him what happened. Because she's not going to lie to him. That's not how my sister is. She was not. She was going to tell him the truth. And I was like, I can't leave. That's my baby. He's He was born when I was, I was 12 when he was born. That is my, it's like my little brother. I couldn't leave him. I didn't want him to grow up without me. Even though I live in a different state. I was like, there is, you're not done here. Don't ever let somebody get you to that point where you feel like you got to go. So I came back home and I didn't leave right away because I still, I didn't know what to do. Going from I no longer want to be here to now something is making me stay. Because my nephew was what made me stay. I just told him this was, a, this relationship was like about almost six years ago. I just told him this year that he was the reason I was still alive. He didn't even know that you almost didn't have your auntie no more. He had no freaking clue. And I came back home. I tried to deal with, okay, you went from not wanting to be here to now you got a reason to stay. How do you go from being under that rock to being a ray of sunshine again? And that was a long process to go through. I had to dig deep within myself to figure that shit out and when I say there was darkness I had to become friends with my darkness because with dark there is light there is balance I had to learn how to balance out the shit that I was going through the evil in me with that goodness I had to be alone I was alone I had to sit with myself and that is the scariest shit to do is to sit with your own thoughts and to realize why you are I had to realize why I was allowing somebody to do me like this it was because I wanted to feel love. I saw the good in him that I wanted to stay. Like, I know he better. I know he better than this, but this is also how he was raised. He was. He saw his dad do this to his mom. So in his mind, it was okay. He had told me one time, oh, I know we'll get through it. My parents did. I'm not your mother. They're married with children. We don't have none of that. I ended up having a miscarriage with him. And he cheated on me the same week. Knew about it because I told him the same week he slept with somebody else it was like he didn't care about me 
And it took me a long time to realize that he just did not care. I had to stop caring for him. I had to stop doing for him and I had to do more for myself than I did for him. So that was, to go through that for three years and to come out of it, I felt like I was on top of the world. I had, I found spirit, I found me. I found the goddess in me that made me be like, you worth more than that. You don't allow somebody to treat you like that. If somebody want to do wrong by you, leave them where they are. Don't even, like now, I won't even talk. If, if I even think you're going to raise your hand at me, I'm out. I don't, don't yell at me because I'm not going to go through that shit. Especially now, I'm about to have my second son. I already have a son. I'm not, I'll be damned if I let my son see me like that. Because that's, subconsciously, I'm, I would be teaching them that it's okay to do that. No. Some girl got one time to tell me that my son went upside her head. And he got a problem with me. Not his dad, not nobody else. He got a problem with me. And that's not a problem he don't want. It took a lot to get out of that. So when you, when you looked in the mirror, what actually did you see? Like, when you couldn't recognize yourself, like, what? It was, it was just like a great cloud. Like, my vision was blurred. It was like having blurred vision. It's like you, when you drunk and you looking, but you see like seven people. There's one person standing in front of you, but you seeing seven because you, like your eyesight, I just, I couldn't see nothing. I couldn't see past pain. I couldn't see past hurt. Like, I saw, I didn't see myself. And that was weird to me to look in the mirror and be like, who the fuck is that looking at me? I know who there. I know who's standing there. I know who's in my heart. I know who's in the inside. But to not recognize your own self, that tripped me the fuck out. And it was like, I know I'm here, but who I'm who looking back at me is not me. I was completely thrown out of my my own character. Once again, I'm out of my own element. And I'm out of my character, and I was like, who is this? Why is she okay with this? What happened to her to want love that bad that you would allow somebody to treat you like this? I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know how to walk away. That was one of, like, figuring out how to walk away was one of the hardest things because I didn't love myself then. I couldn't, there's no way I could say I love my, I, I love myself. No, I didn't. I did not love myself at that time. So when I finally decided I'm better than this, I don't need this. You do not love me. I saw, I had a dream. I don't know if it was a dream or a premonition, but I saw myself laying in the hospital bed, severely beaten from him. I knew exactly who did it, but the fact that I seen it, I said, okay, this is where I'm headed if I stay here. I got too much to lose. I got, what I, I got, you know, I've seen pictures of my grandmother with a black eye from my granddaddy. I don't want that. I knew I didn't want that for myself. And I never thought that I would be the girl who allowed somebody to abuse me like that. To not, to get to the point where I didn't love myself because I was told that I wasn't good enough, you're not gonna be shit, da 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 da, all the hurtful things. I was told that it was, when you look into your partner's eyes, you see a twinkle, a sparkle. I saw nothing when I would look into his eyes. I saw darkness. It was like his eyes led to a deep, dark black hole. And I was like, can't do this shit i can't i can't i can't let this man take my life either he gonna take my life either he gonna kill me or i'm gonna end up in the hospital i gotta go and that was 
it was just like that, that realization. After three years of going through that shit, it was like, I gotta go. And how did you, you just up and left one day? Yep. Yep, I slowly moved my stuff out of his place. While he was at work, I would take little by little while he was at work. He never knew that, he never, he had never even noticed that my stuff was gone. Cause he didn't notice me. You never, he never noticed the person standing in front of him. It, I didn't matter. So I started taking, taking my stuff little by little. And then I remember a friend of mine came to Savannah. She from Her grandmother died, left her a car. So she was in Florida. So she was like, you know, on my way back, I'll stop in Michigan, not Michigan. I'll stop in Savannah to see you. And I had just got out of cosmetology school. I wasn't working. I had nothing but free time. And I was like, I'll, I don't want you riding. That's a long drive from Savannah to Michigan by yourself. I'll ride with you. And that same night before we left, I'm outside for three hours talking to him. He's boo-hoo crying. I was like, I cannot. I, I no longer love you. I have to love me more. I can no longer sit here and let you abuse me like this. This is not okay. And I'm letting you know now, this shit is not okay. And the line stops here. He's crying. Oh, well, I was, I've been looking at rings. Nigga, you think I'm about to marry you? You didn't, you've been abusing me for three years. And him saying that let me know how little he thought of me. You thought that small of me that I would still go through and marry you? You out your damn mind. You are, you, are you really crazy, bro? No. Yeah, he mental. mental. And I, I left, I went, I think I stayed in Michigan about two weeks. I took my hair still with me and made me some money while I was there. <laughs> came back home he still wanted to try now mind you i have been with this man for almost four years he's still he tried to be friends with my group my new group of friends he's trying to this day to this day oh wow to this day it's like he don't let it go he don't see where he went wrong he never thought that i would walk away from him because i allowed it to happen for so long when i finally walked away it was like a culture shock for him like what the fuck is going on He's seen me at the gas station before, text my phone, like, you look great today. Nigga, that's creepy, because I don't even know who this is. But then I'm like, yes, I do. I know exactly who it is. What do you want? I want my family back. We never had a fucking family. <laughs> what family? You, what? You want your family back? Go to hell to get it, because that's where you belong, in oh. hell. Oh, wow. When you look at somebody and you see, I tell people I dated the devil for three years because that's what it felt like. That's what I saw. I saw a demon in him. If I look into somebody's eyes and I don't see no sparkle, no nothing, and all I see is darkness, something wrong. It was, you don't have a soul. Like, I no, there's no way that I would ever go back to that. I would have to be batshit crazy, and I'm not that damn crazy. <laughs> I love myself way too much, and I wouldn't have my sons around that. Yeah. yeah. So. And this would be the last thing. What can you take us back to that moment where you? Because I know you say you planned out your suicide. You know, you, you know, you had everything planned out. Can you take us back to that moment, like those thoughts, the plan? You know, because like somebody huge, out there is listening. I, just, I felt like a huge burden. I felt like nothing that I did was okay. Like I, nobody would ever love me the way I deserve to be loved. And I was like, if I don't love myself, I can't, I was looking for everybody else to do it. And it just, at the time, I felt like everything in my life that could have gone wrong was going wrong, but it was only in my head. My life was fine when you, like most people at the time didn't even know what I was going through mentally. 
because I mask everything with a smile. When you see me, I'm pleasant, I'm happy. Nobody knew how dark I had gotten. I had gotten to a really low point where I didn't even want to eat. How am I gonna survive if I ain't eating? I'm not eating, I'm not drinking, I'm just, I'm just here. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I'm just here and I would be a lot better and everybody would be a lot better if I was no longer here anymore. So it got to the point where I was crying so hard one time I got in my car. I'm crying to the point where I can't see. I'm like, I, there's nothing in my face. It was like being underwater. And I was going to just drive my car in the middle of the street and stop. And whatever happened, happened. Like, I was I was okay with just being like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Let the car stall in the middle of 95. If a semi-truck hit your ass, good. Go. Fuck it. Do I want to take pills? And just go to sleep. Just die in my sleep and be okay and not have to wake up, not have to be here, not have to feel that hurt no more. But I couldn't do it. My nephew is literally the reason I'm still breathing to this day. Cause I just, I couldn't leave that boy. He almost cried when I told him what happened. Like why I love him so much, why I always, when I go home, I make sure I see him. I stay at my sister house because I know I'm gonna see my nephew. I need him. I need him a lot more than he need me. And I was like, I need to let him know that because he needs to know how loved he is because I don't know what he's going through. He, the little boy, 16. We all often think that kids don't go through shit. Kids go through shit. I remember going through shit as a kid. And like the suicide rate with children, babies are killing themselves now. And I was like, I can't let him think that that's okay. You can go from being really dark to being, all right, well, I'm still here. I'm glad to still be here. I'm all right with still being here. I'm meant to still be here because my mission is not done. I'm not I'm not where I need to be. And that, I wouldn't wish that feeling on nobody. That was dark. I've never, and years later, I've never allowed myself to get back to that dark spot again. I, remove, I, I will remove myself from the situation so fast that that other person won't even see it coming. Like, I'll, I'll just go. I'll, without, I don't have to tell you why I'm leaving. I'm uncomfortable. I'm seeing patterns and signs, so I'm leaving. I'm walking away. Because I don't want to get back to that point. And when you get to that dark point like that, where you do be like, okay, I do want to die. It's hard to come out of that. And that's why, you know, some people don't, some people don't come out of that. It is hard to come out of that shit. And so when when you met the young lady, she helped you. She helped me realize that I had more love in myself that I ever needed to look for in somebody else. And that is the honest to God truth. It was more love for me and myself to still be here that I can't I can't look to my mom to love me the way I love me. I can't look to my dad to love me or my friends or somebody I'm with to love me the way that you love yourself. That is the greatest love that you could ever give yourself is to love yourself. And she taught me that. And I will be forever thankful for that because I didn't have that around. At the time, I didn't have, I didn't have that No, to know that I, I needed to love myself before I could love anybody else. And she taught me it. And she has continued to teach me that over the last about four or five, about four years. It was, I had to surround myself with positivity. I had to surround myself with people that 
were gonna love me for who I was. The ugly in me, the ignorant in me, the loud, the ghetto. You gotta love me wholeheartedly. And if you don't, you cannot be around me. I will not surround myself with people like that. And what's her name? Cheyenne. Shine, you know, pineapple, my oracle. That's my lady. Okay. Is she from Savannah? Yeah, she's from Savannah. Okay. She's born and raised in Savannah. Well, yeah. Shout out to shout out to pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> well, I would like to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your magnificent story. I appreciate, I appreciate and wanting to be heard by somebody else. Yes. You hold in a lot of pain. Like even when I made the post on Facebook. I had a lot of people message me, a lot of women message me, like, I'm going through the same thing, and I wish I had half as much strength to talk about it. It feels so much better to get that shit out your system, because how am I supposed to move forward if I'm holding it in? Because I don't want nobody to know that I've been through bullshit. Tell it. Tell it, because you're still here. So it's okay to be like, oh, I went through this, I went through that, I was with somebody that was abusive for three years. Yeah, I tried a poly relationship. I'm still here, kicking, living my life. I'm still golden. Like, yeah, golden girl. You you can't (laughs) take me. I'm a golden girl. You can't take me. But it doesn't help. You can't try to heal if you're still holding on. It's contradicting. I'm a heal if I'm still holding. If I won't let it go. I had to let that shit go. And even as I was typing it, because I composed it in my notes first, even as I was typing it, I was shedding the tears and it felt like so much weight was being lifted off of me. Because that was something I was holding in for so long. Especially the abuse. Nobody around me knew I was being abused. Unless once I left and I started telling like certain people about it. Other than that, nobody. My grandmother called me. It was like, I didn't know you was going through that. I didn't. I, I hid it from the world. So to get it out was like, oh, fuck. A breath of fresh air. It was a breath of fresh, fresh fucking air. Like I could breathe. It's almost like when you, you live in a lie. I couldn't lie and be like, oh, everything's fine, everything's peachy. No, it's not. Because you kept that mask I on. kept the mask going, and it was time to unmask myself. It is okay. Take that mask off. What you see is what you get. I'm a little timid with certain people, and I'm a little closed off. I don't like being that open because when I'm open, it gets snatched from me. So to get that openness from me, you got to let me know that you're real. You got to let me know that you're going to be here, that you're not going to fuck me over. So... What you see is what you get. So is there a book next? A book? Oh, Chuck. <laughs> if I start writing books, I ain't going to have no damn friends. Because <laughs> outside of like the relationship shit, people that you have friendship, friend, you know, friendly relationships, them ain't always the best fucking relationships either. I, I had a best friend since high school. She chose not to deal with me no more because I chose to have another kid. Exactly. Exactly. The face you made was kind of like, <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Because me having another baby doesn't affect her life. Not at Not all. in Michigan. No. You're not watching my kids. You're not watching me go through shit. But you're not knowing that it's not as bad as it was the first time with my son, my oldest son with that. It's not half as bad the second go around. I'm happy the second time around. I feel love. I feel beautiful. I didn't feel like that with my first kid. But it was like... You've been wanting to end this friendship. You just were looking for a reason out. There's a door. You don't need it. If whatever reason you come up in your head, take it. Take your shit and go. I'm not okay. I'm okay with that. I love her. I wish her nothing but the best. 
that's still my girl if she need me i'm right there but i'm not going to force anybody to be around me if you choose if you get to the point where it's like i don't want to fuck with brooke no more hollis bye bye but do that shit peacefully do it move exit yourself quietly out my life don't do it oh uh, you ain't got to be loud about it because i don't care I'm not begging nobody to be around me. I got kids to take care of now. I got me to take care of first and foremost. I got to take care of myself before I take care of my kids. If I'm bad because somebody else around me bringing me negative energy, that's going to push off onto my children. And I'll be damned. That makes a lot of sense. I won't know. Well, I would like to thank you for coming you know, on the show and me. sharing your testimony. I don't like this. I don't like I'm a thug, man. I don't be doing this crying shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be crying. I'm too pregnant to be crying. And how can the listeners find you if someone who's going actually going through this right now, how can they find you on um social I media email? Brick button on Facebook, um, my Instagram is Poets Moon. If hmm, I won't give out my Twitter, that's personal. You have an email? I do have an email. It is B period button B U D D I N zero nine at yahoo.com. Yahoo. Yahoo. And, yeah, <laughs> y'all, I just say, oh, I've had that since I was like eighth grade. Solid. Oh, faithful. I was yes. used to get another one. And that's just. Okay. I'm always open to talk to people because sometimes it takes that one person to let you vent to get that shit off your chest and I had that and I was thankful for that so I, would, I wouldn't dare not be that for somebody else that don't make sense to me you know it's a it's a give or take if you want somebody to heal I gotta be that vessel for you to open up to me and be able to heal Yes, ma'am. Secrets stay with me. Somebody come to me with some real shit. That shit gonna stay between me and you. I'm not telling. I'm not telling my mom. I ain't telling my best friend. No, you tell, I'm not telling. You tell your best friend everything. Some shit has to stay between you and the person that is venting to you. Cause how you gonna have that comfort if if I talk to you and I know you gonna tell everybody else. I'm not gonna talk to you no more. I'm gonna keep holding that shit in, and that's not okay. You don't want it, people to keep holding that stuff in. Be an outlet for somebody to talk to. It's okay. And one more thing. Okay. <laughs> and okay, so how can you, uh, those who need help with coping with their issues, um, what advice could you give to them? Maybe like meditation? Meditate. Meditation took me a long It My spirit has traveled. It has traveled with meditation. It has opened my eyes to see things that I didn't even know was possible. Because just because you don't see it don't I mean it's not there. So what about those who don't know how to meditate? Like how? what advice could you give to them? Look, read. Just find something to center yourself. If it's 10 minutes in the shower with the lights off, do it. Because shower is a way of cleansing. If you, It's all your intention. If I'm in the shower and I'm washing my face and my intention is... All of the darkness, that all of the pain that I'm causing is being washed off my body. When I get out the shower, I got to let that shit go because it's down the drain now. Just having alone time is okay. Having to sit with yourself, that shit is okay. You learn a lot about your darkness when you sit with it. A lot of people are afraid of their darkness. Don't be afraid of it. You're not afraid of your light. You want to show everybody your light. Take that mask off and let them see that darkness. And if you can't handle me at my darkest times, you don't deserve me at my light. 
But if I'm too scared to show you my darkness because I don't want to show it to myself, nobody going to ever see the real you. The real you is what's in the dark. Not what you showing people, it's what you hiding from yourself. It's that, what's, up, what's behind that mask? Take, that mask? take the mask off. Take it off. And that's nothing but truth. It's nothing but the truth. <laughs> like if you, I can't function being a fake, phony person, giving off this fake ass facade that oh, I'm this way, I'm that way. No, I cry, I hurt, I be mad, I be angry, I be upset, I be disappointed, I'm happy. It is balanced everything as above, so below. And then how do you keep everything balanced? Whew, it, that's mental. Okay. Staying balanced is mental because you have, like, when shit go bad, you can't just be like, oh, now my whole day is ruined. Acknowledge that bad, but don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on that shit. Because if you sit in and you bask in it, it's never going to go away. You're going to forget your lightness. You're going to forget that light. Like, if I if I wake up, stuck my big toe, damn, now the rest of my day's fucked. You're going to have a fucked up day because you've already intentionally put it out in the atmosphere. Then I'll be like, damn, my toe hurt for the, for now, but I'll be all right in a couple minutes. I guarantee you, minutes going to go by, you're not even going to remember that you just stubbed your toe. You're not even going to feel that shit no more. It's, it's intentions behind your thoughts. Your words. You can't put negativity in the atmosphere and think you're going to get some positive shit back. If you keep saying, oh, I'm not good enough, you will never be good enough. I had to start telling myself I was good enough for the right person. I'm good enough for myself. That's the only person I need to be good enough for is myself. So if I'm not good enough for you, I just ain't for you. And it's just that simple. You got to find peace within yourself to be like, damn, I'm all right. Every day ain't gonna be sunshine and rainbows. It rains sometimes and it rains hard. But you can't just let that shit bother you for the rest of your life. You can't just be like, oh, I gotta go into hermit mode. I gotta go into a little crowd. I, no, you gotta you gotta heal from that. You gotta move forward. You can't just stay in the fucked up position that you're in. You gotta think better. I had to think of myself differently. I had to realize who I was. I had to say, you better than that to realize that, damn, bro, you better than that. To start speaking that shit out there. I'm better than what I've been through. I don't look like I've been through shit. But I've been through some shit. And I'm, I'm better because I had to tell myself I was better. I had to love myself. I had to talk to my... People be like, oh, don't talk to yourself. How am I not going to consult with the realest person I know? Which is me. I know the truth about everything that go, in my, go around in my life. If I can't talk to myself about it, how am I supposed to talk to somebody else? How is somebody else supposed to come to me? If I'm living in my lie, how they gonna tell me they truth if I'm living a lie? It don't work like that. Surely don't. No. Until next time, Pain to Purpose podcast with Aisha Monique. Hey. Thank you for tuning in to Pain to Purpose podcast. You can find each and every episode on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcast Hello, SoundCloud at heavytraffic.com. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Also, follow me on Instagram at underscore pain, the number two, purpose, underscore. You can also email me at pain, the number two, purpose, podcast at gmail.com.